are three weeks and three days away from the first round of the 2021 National Football League Draft. And this is Jonesing for football. Bill Jones along with Cody Winstead. And uh, wow, things are really starting to happen uh, as far as the rumor mill is concerned with this draft. And as far as people figuring out who these players are after a COVID year, young Cody, uh, I think that the the information cycle has uh, been slow getting started without a combine a month or so ago that normally gets us going as far as just how fast these guys are, how explosive these guys really are. Do the measurables map up, uh, match up with the tape? We're having to reverse it this year. And so I think it's a very exciting time for the next three weeks leading up to the draft because we are getting more and more information on these players and we can dive in to see who the oh let me show it to you the true five-star players are in the big green nfl draft scouting notebook how you doing cody hey good to be here good to do another podcast with you bill jones i'm with you it's like normally you take a couple weeks after the super bowl and then we have the combine and then all of a sudden boom it's right into draft this year Instead of having them all the times coming in at once, we're getting them over over like a month span. So this week we got Tulsa, we got uh, Minnesota, we got Oklahoma State. We're still getting times for really highly rated prospects. And so it's I think it's taken the media a long time to get into kind of the mode of uh, ramping up and figuring out who everyone is. And uh, but it's here. We've been doing it for uh, multiple weeks now. I've been studying the quarterbacks right after the season. Uh, but even I'm still learning some of these second round, third round, fourth round guys where um, in most years I would have had that done over the last month. But I- I'm just getting to it now. And, of course, Alabama had a second pro day this past Tuesday. Ohio State had a pro day the same day. Cowboys head coach, and I'm based here in Dallas, of course. Uh, with CBS 11 in Dallas and uh, uh, host the Mike McCarthy show. Cody is in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, you went to the Minnesota Pro Day uh, this past week in your role with the uh, NFL Network, but uh, Mike McCarthy, the Cowboys head coach, he was at the Ohio State Pro Day. And uh, so I'm sitting here and I was asking you, being an Ohio State guy, all right, who is McCarthy watching at the Ohio State Pro Day? There's a couple of offensive linemen. Baron Browning, a linebacker from right here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, Kennedale, put up some uh, very nice numbers. And uh, I look at him as a guy that he might have been uh, checking out. And so we in the media are we're, we're looking at where coaches are going even more so than in the past because there's there's limited. You know, they're doing all of their interviews via uh, virtual uh, interviews this year, and they aren't uh, having the private workouts because of the COVID protocols and so forth. And so when Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch show up at the Alabama Pro Day and they watch Mac Jones, a second Pro Day for Mac Jones, and then there are there's the rumor mill churning that the reason that San Francisco actually spent all of that capital to move up to number three from number 12 to get a quarterback it wasn't Justin Fields it wasn't Trey Lance it's not Zach Wilson if he fell there and the Jets passed on him at number two it's Mac Jones are you believing this stuff Cody leading up to the draft we know it's rumor central and um, 
who's uh, actually telling the truth. If you can figure that out, you probably hey, um, should win an award. But I would say this. I'm not buying Mac Jones at number three, uh, even though it is interesting that uh, the 49ers would be there for his second pro day instead of going to watch Justin Fields for his only pro day. To me, Mac Jones, when I watch him, I never saw him do anything very hard. Everything was very controlled for him. He's in the pocket. He's, he makes great reads, to be fair to him. But uh, I never saw him have to escape and throw on the run, you know, throwing in really tight windows, not a huge thing for him because he's got first round receivers all over the place. He's got one of the best offensive lines uh, in the country as well. And so the NFL is all about how do you perform when things get tough, when they blitz you all the time, you have a banged up offensive line. Can you make tough throws on third down and Mac Jones, I never really saw that. And to me, um, I'm not sure he can actually do that given the athlete that he is. Um, and in, you know, comparing him to uh, Justin Fields, Fields made a ton of good throws and tough plays uh, while at Ohio State. I, I just think they're two completely different athletes and quarterback. I would go with Fields. I'm interested to hear your take. Well, and and by the way, we're going to get into running backs here in a moment. We're not going to dwell on the quarterbacks, uh, but I, I do think it's interesting, and it, it's led me to start digging into Mac Jones, what he's all about uh, uh, more, uh, because I was uh, just reading the media uh, draft analyst tea leaves. Uh, it appeared that Mac Jones was the fifth quarterback on most people's boards, uh, but I mean, we see it so much every year, uh, or not every year, but every other year, let's say, where there is a quarterback who goes higher than people at first projected. Mitchell Trubisky was one in Chicago, Daniel Jones, the Giants. I go back to Blake Bortles. He was another one where actually leading up to draft day, uh, people were not necessarily speculating that Jacksonville would take him. And so to your point on uh, – if, if an NFL executive's lips are moving then uh, this time of the year, then he's lying. We're not able to read those lips. They got masks on. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Uh, let's get into running backs. Um, it appears that the top two running backs uh, on most boards, top two running backs would be from Clemson, Travis Etienne, from Alabama, Najee Harris, and just phenomenal numbers put up by both on uh, teams that uh, they played on national championship teams in their career at their respective schools. Najee Harris, uh, as you know, and I know that you're going to get into him in a second. Uh, I mean, even coming out of high school, I mean, you can't get any better than what Najee Harris was projected to do in college, and he lived up to the billing. But let me mention Travis Etienne off the top, though, where, I mean, this is a guy who had his pro day ran a 4-4-1 with a 10-8 broad jump, uh, which, which gets back to that explosion that you saw uh, on the playing field at Clemson. The tape doesn't lie. Uh, the measurables measure up to it. And, um, and so Etienne, he's going to be – I think he's going to have a terrific career in the NFL. It kind of comes down to, in many ways, uh, I think, what is uh, – you know, which kind of flavor of ice cream do you, do you like? You, you like uh, vanilla or chocolate ice cream, whatever, orange sherbet, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you know, I, there's a lot of people who will like the orange sherbet, uh, the Clemson orange, for sure. Travis Etienne. 
but and so he's the guy that's at the top of a lot of guys' boards that I've seen. Would he be at the top of yours? To me, when I look at ETN, I, I kind of feel like a little Alvin Kamara. Like he is explosive in the pass game. Give him a little space, get him on the edge, and see you later. And he made Trevor Lawrence look really good a lot of times um, for Clemson over the last few years. Checkdowns, uh, swing passes. Trevor's throwing at five yards, and ATN's running 50 for the score. And so, um, again, I, Kamara, I think, is a good comp for him. Uh, but my guy is Najee Harris. Uh, I think he's the top back. The rare combination, size and speed. Could have went pro last year, returned to Alabama, and as you mentioned, it paid off pretty big for him. They won the national title, and he became the school's all-time leader in yards and touchdowns. How about that? Alabama football factory, historic program, and no one has run the ball better at Alabama than Najee Harris. Uh, that includes Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram, Sean Alexander, just to name a few backs uh, in tied history. Um, he didn't do much at the Bama Pro Days. Did run some routes, though, in the second Pro Day uh, to show his versatility and that he's a three-down back. Says he can run any route that a receiver can run. And I've never, heard a, I've never heard a running back say this. He wants teams to know that he can be the first read on a quarterback's progression. I've never heard a running back say that, but I thought that was interesting. The dude's a stud on the field, obviously, clearly. Uh, but I like his personality. I think that's his real difference. It makes him a real difference maker. Like I mentioned, didn't participate in the first pro day, but this, this story got news. He drove nine hours overnight to support his teammates mm -hmm. when his flight from Dallas to Birmingham got canceled. And that was just to hang out with the guys, be there and support them. That's a dude I want on my team. And go listen to an interview with Najee Harris. I guarantee it takes you about two seconds, Bill Jones, to go, that dude's special. It's very easy. I've listened to about 20 of them in the last two weeks. And every time that dude's special. So um, I think you can learn a lot about a player from, I mean, even from our own homes, even in a pandemic, we can sit here and uh, through the magic of YouTube, call up interviews with players and you can, you can find out a lot about their personalities, how they would fit into a locker room, how intelligent they are, uh, all those uh quote unquote intangibles, which really become tangibles when they become a part of your team uh, and become a leader on your team. Uh, and, and that I've, I've, I've gotten sold on players uh, looking at that. And I've also gotten unsold <laughs> on players uh, looking at some of that stuff. hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I don't, I don't sign my name to a player unless I see an interview. Like, that, that's just mm. part of it. It's just as important as the, that's why the teams interview the players. And so us, you know, we're at an arm's length uh, from a lot of these players. And so those can be our interviews where it's our insight into what the, what the teams are finding out about uh, these players. You know, you mentioned Derek Henry and at six to 230 pounds, Najee Harris, a big back. And that is another thing that separates him, makes him a different type back than what Trav, uh, Travis Etienne is, uh, who uh, measured 5'10", 205. 
And uh, so I agree with you on the Camaro comparison there. But I, Najee Harris, because he went to Alabama, you know, I really like Derrick Henry when he came out of Alabama. Obviously, uh, he has performed uh, at that same level in the NFL. And But they're going into the draft, if you recall, the reason I think he was not a first-round draft pick, uh, the obviously NFL teams and uh, the mock drafters as well, they weren't as, as sold on Henry. Harris reminds me in some ways about uh, of Henry, and he reminds me of Henry as well in what he has done, not only in his career at Alabama, but also in high school. And Najee Harris in California, I mean, if you go look at what Derrick Henry did in high school in Florida, I mean, it is unbelievable. The number, he was a beast. And Najee Harris was the same type running back in California, rushing for basically 2,500 yards and over 30 touchdowns every year, all three years uh, at Antioch, California. And he, there was a reason that I think his rivals and scout had him as not just the number one running back in the country coming out of high school, but he was the number one overall recruit. And it was in unison. ESPN had him as the number three overall recruit coming out. Uh, 24-7 had him as a number two overall recruit. And, I, and that doesn't always translate, but in the case of Najee Harris and Derrick Henry, it translated. Yep, for sure. Bill Jones, let me give you my win stat for this podcast. Okay. The win stat, which is just something cool, research, something I looked up. In the last 10 drafts, only 13 running backs have been selected in the first round. And so I think Najee Harris deserves to be in that group. Uh, it looks like um, for most like mock drafts and projection wise, uh, he's kind of that early to mid twenties. To me, I, I looked through all the teams, maybe the Jets and the Steelers were two teams that stuck out to me where he could go there and have an immediate impact. Oh, and he's going to have an immediate impact wherever he goes. For sure. the, the question is, uh, you know, do do teams already have a Zeke Elliott? Do, do they already have a Derrick Henry where they're not they're not going to be able to play him exactly uh, right off the bat? And and the other thing with running backs is you want them to have an immediate impact because the, the whole debate on whether you give a running back a second contract or not and pay him the big bucks. All right, uh, let me throw another guy out that I like and I love Najee Harris and you know I've, I'll reserve judgment on who my favorite guys are in the draft until basically the week of the draft uh, because I'm getting a late start on studying all these guys. But I love everything that you've said about Najee Harris. Guy that I that I was looking at this week, though, running back Javante Williams from North Carolina. And here's a guy that tested as well. Uh, now, he ran a 4-5-5, which is acceptable. It's not great, whatever. You know, he's not the 4-4-1 of an ETN. 5'10", 212 pounds, 22 bench reps. Love that. And he and it shows on tape. I mean, this guy is a power guy who runs over people. Uh, he was a 36 vertical, 10-3 broad, uh, 409 shuttle and a 697 uh, cone, which is good. He, at North Carolina, it was a tandem back situation with Michael Carter, who's also in this draft. 
and is also highly regarded. Well, probably one of the top five running backs in this draft. Uh, Javante Williams last year at North Carolina ran for 1,140 yards, averaging 7.3 yards per carry and 19 touchdowns last year for the Tar Heels and Mac Brown. Uh, and what Mac Brown first mentions about Javante Williams are his powerful legs, and you can really see it. Uh, I love his running style. A guy that was uh, lightly recruited out of Wallace, North Carolina. Uh, and so he stayed at home with the Tar Heels, always wanted to be a Tar Heel, but had only one FBS offer coming out of high school. And uh, this year at North Carolina, he, and, he, and he, he did well last year as well, but I mean, he went over the top this year. And Javante Williams, he is going to make an immediate impact to the NFL. And he finds the end zone. He ran over those ACC DBs. And he's going to run over some players in the NFL, too. But I love his, you know, he reminds me, just looking at him, as a more powerful Emmett Smith. He's got the same kind of uh, uh, no-nonsense running style, finding a hole. And he's not a juker or a jiver or whatever, but he will hit that hole and he will gobble up yardage. Uh, and so Javante Williams is, is my guy at the top alongside Najee Harris that I really like. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about those, uh, the North Carolina had their pro day um, recently and I was watching it on NFL network. I was thinking, and by the way, Michael Carter averaged what? eight yards a carry right and that, what I, it got me thinking like hey uh when's the last time one team had two like stud tailbacks like that and then i was like ronnie brown and cadillac williams remember them in the same dra- in the same draft if i'm not mistaken those two guys um both uh good players and uh high picks and um yeah i thought that's interesting to have two stud backs like that uh, but that's what i was thinking about uh when i was watching their pro day Um, All right. Give give me another guy. Yep. Okay. Here's my quick sleeper, Bill Jones, and I'll make it quick. Jared Patterson from Buffalo led the nation in rushing yards this past season, 178 per game. And that was after he went back to back thousand yard seasons in 2018 and 2019, probably best known for his epic game against Kent state this past year when he set a Mac record rushing for 409 yards and eight touchdowns. He's projected though, Bill Jones, despite all this that I've already laid out fifth or sixth round pick teams. Aren't quite sure about his size measured five, six and a half weighed 195 uh, at Buffalo's pro day, but he ran in the low four fives, which is, you know, pretty solid. Um, I think that was it quicker than most people anticipated when I watched him um, on tape, no one caught him from behind and he was ripping off touchdown long touchdown runs all the time. As I mentioned, eight in one game against Kent state. When, when I watched him, it looked like a kind of Maurice Jones drew shifty um, good vision and he's, he's powerful. And so uh, that was the guy that stuck out to me when I watched him play. You don't produce like this dude produced uh, unless you're an elite worker and go watch an interview with Jared Patterson. You'll figure it out. That's who he is. He was a two-star recruit coming in. He just needed a chance. Buffalo gave him that chance and it paid off great for the bulls. 
I think whoever gives him a chance in the pros would have a nice player. And, you know, maybe he's not an every down back. He's a, you know, he could be a, a, a complimentary back, uh, first and second down guy. But I like Jared Patterson as a sleeper at the tailback position. Now, is he a guy that could also play in the slot? I mean, being a shorter guy, 5'6", 195, is he that type? Or you mentioned he, he's power. Is he a more between-the-tackles runner, even though he's only 5'6"? Yeah, I, I would say no on the slot. Um, I would say, yeah, he's more of a, a downhill runner type than he is, like, quick shifty. Um, but, again, uh, he can make a difference. I, I think you give him some carries, um, and he's just going to work. He's going to outwork people. That's how I, he went from a two-star uh, player at Buffalo to – three thousand yard seasons and became one of the best players in college football last year all right i'll give you a sleeper guy uh another guy named williams my first guy who is a one of the top four three or four probably i'd say i would i would for sure have javante williams in my top three along with harris and etienne uh but Here's another Williams who, and I haven't seen exactly. He's probably, I'm sure he's third day and he may be sixth or seventh round. But all I know is whenever I watched him play at Kansas, he was productive. Puka Williams is his name. He, uh, 5'9, only 175 pounds. And so that's not going to get you. So he's a satellite back in the NFL, but he ran a 4'38. And that'll get your attention in a hurry. What won't get your attention in a hurry and what makes him a satellite back are the four bench reps. <laughs> but that aside, we're not, he's not, we're not, he's not in a strongest man competition. We wanted to get to the end zone and he got to the end zone a lot at Kansas, a team that doesn't get to the end zone a lot. And uh, so, I mean, Puka Williams, you need to check him out. Because this guy, he was a he was a nuisance to a, most every team that he played against. He just he kept uh, being productive, and uh, so anyway, that, that's that's one of my guys to throw out at you. Go check out Puka. All right, I'm typing into YouTube.com right now. Puka <laughs> Kansas highlights. I'll check it out. I can't wait. And you know, other running backs. Uh, Another extreme there uh, would be another Big 12 guy, Ramondre Stevenson at Oklahoma, who is a bowling ball type. I mean, he will run over uh, defenders. I mean, you talk about a physical running style, and, and this, again, is a third-day guy, but six foot, 230 pounds. He ran a 4.63. You know, he's not a speed merchant by any means, but he, he will run over you. And uh, some teams may look at him at 230 pounds. Can he grow into being a fullback? Uh, and so the, I'm sure there's a lot of teams that talking about him, uh, talking to him uh, along those lines. Another guy that's intriguing, Cody, is a guy that, that got a lot of hype leading into last season and as a Heisman Trophy uh, candidate. And then once the season got going, you didn't hear much about him. Uh, and that was Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State. And this past week, Oklahoma State had their pro day, and Chuba Hubbard ran a 4-3-6. I think people are going to start talking about Chuba again. 
Yeah, I, I I actually saw those numbers um, on Twitter. Well, uh, he was reported as a four three six. Tell the rest of the story there. Well, it depends. It looks like there were varying times depending on clocks that could have gone up to the mid four fours or maybe even four five. But it's reported that he's at a a four three six. But um, when I went through the some of the running back rankings, I was really surprised that his name was. Um, He's like a fifth, sixth, seventh round guy, like you said, a day three guy, which was surprising to me because before the season, he was, uh, you know, like you mentioned, a, a preseason Heisman guy. And so when I saw his name really low on the list, um, that was shocking. And then you go do a little digging, like you mentioned, and he runs a four three. And who knows, maybe he's a day two, you know, maybe he can sneak into day two now with, um, you know, an elite time like that. You know, he was involved in a little controversy in the offseason last year with his head coach, and uh, y'all can go look that stuff up. You wonder if NFL teams look at some of that stuff. They're very active on social media. Uh, you wonder if NFL teams look at that stuff and have questions, how does he fit into the locker room? And, uh, and I thought at the time that uh, – that that might hurt him. And so maybe that is why another reason why his stock was a little bit down coming into this draft process, uh, just through that kind of stuff. But I, if indeed he did run a four, three, six at 210 pounds with 20 bench reps, by the way, and a 36 vertical, uh, teams are, are getting back on him. I guarantee you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, that's, he could sneak into round three with um, with numbers like that and production, a ton right. of production there at Oklahoma State as well. well. All right. I think that does it uh, for this episode later in the week. Uh, where do you want to go later in the week? What We're do going wide receivers. We're going to stay on the offensive skill players. We know the big three. We know Chase and Waddle, Devontae, Smith, those, the big three receivers. We got some guys who you might not know as much about, but – you might hear them in day one as well. All right. That does it for this edition of Jonesing for Football for Cody, young Cody. I'm Bill, and we will, old Bill, and we will chat at you next time here on Jonesing for Football. <laughs>